Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is New Bedford's news talk station, the place where the South Coast comes to talk about all the hottest issues locally and beyond. This is WBSM. Call in to have your voice heard at 508-996-0500. Or open up the WBSM app and hit app chat to text us. Or open line to leave us a voicemail. Let's hear it, South Coast. And welcome back in. Hour number three of the program on a Monday. That means it is time to turn on the light with Jack Spillane of New Bedford Light. Before I hit the music to actually turn on the light, I'm going to take you not in New Bedford Light mode, but WBSM fill-in mode. All How right. did you enjoy Friday on the program? Well, we were just talking off here, Tim. I, I just so enjoy your audience, and when I get to fill in for you, I'm, I'm learning so much. The audience is really great. Like every time I make a mistake or, or, or I, I bring up a position that they don't quite agree with, you know, as long as I'm polite, they, they, they want to engage. Uh, you just have some great callers. Uh, uh, we had some great discussions about about the benches in the city council chambers and and um, the uh, petition drive for the city council. Uh, I had a great time. So thanks for letting me do that. Well, I'm taking some more days off this summer, so uh, definitely we'll be looking for you to help out. Uh, but right now, we're going to have you switch now from WBSM fill-in gear, fill-in mode, fill-in gear, uh, to your regular gig, because it's time to turn on the light. start off by by asking about that by talking about that about the benches being removed so just give everybody a thumbnail sketch for those who might not have heard so um there has been a, a motion that may have passed by now uh, to remove the benches from underneath um uh the part of the city council chambers that are close closest to the hallway and um i guess they want to put a tv monitor in there where they will be able to watch graphics and charts and displays but anybody who has ever followed city council knows that that would only be a small portion of city council's meeting. So we had a caller who called in to complain about that. And I actually thought it had uh, uh, some interest because my opinion is it's the people's house. It's not the council's house. And um, uh, I actually had heard a rumor. I won't say who because I don't know that it was true that one of the councilors even said it was it was their house. Um, and that that is not uh, accurate. Uh, so uh, I think that... Uh, the benches should stay. There aren't all that many benches in city council chambers to begin with. Um, some nights there really is a crowd and there needs to be uh, places for them to stand. They say they can go up to the balcony, which is an overflow area, which used to be always open when I was covering city council. Now it's not always open. So it ha it's at the discretion of the um, council president, I believe, as to whether they'll open it. So um, I think they can open it, but it's not, you know, you wouldn't walk in and it would automatically be open. So I, I think keeping those benches there is a, is a good idea. I've seen it when the whole lower chambers and the balcony was full on a big issue. So, you know, that's a rare occasion, but it does happen. So I, I think the benches should stay. So you, you gave a reason as to why they would be removing those benches. So that would be behind the podium where, where guests speak. 
Yeah. So uh, what I understand uh, uh, from talking to uh, several of the counselors is that that there is a desire. We're in the techno- high tech age now to have a, a a larger monitor. Right now, they have a monitor. I think that's portable uh, to have a monitor on the wall. Um, and the counselors would look at that when they needed to examine um, maybe a remote feed of someone speaking, or maybe um, uh, a chart, or a, 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 you know, I don't, I, I don't have firsthand knowledge, so I don't know exactly what they want there. Mm-hmm. But that the rationale is, you know, we'll get rid of the benches so we can put this this large monitor in there, and and um, I would think that that it's best to leave the benches in. The public's right to be there in person is an important right, and. Uh, you know, when the monitor is not in use, then then you don't have to have people. If, if the chambers are not crowded, you wouldn't have to have people. You could ask people to move. If the chambers are crowded, then then you have to limit access. I guess you have fire laws like any place else in the, so the council chambers. But if that's the reason for moving the benches from from over there, what's the reason for not allowing people in the balcony? Uh, that you would have to ask the council president. I'm sure she could give you more information about that. Uh, um, I don't know whether there are some issues monitoring people up there. Whether there's been some bad behavior, I don't. I don't know. Um, I mean, what is this a fourth grade classroom? Yeah, you're not responsible well, for the way people are acting yeah, up there. And 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 really, if there is bad behavior, then then you, you address that. If someone is disrupting the meeting or, or something like that, then you address that. But you know, I don't. Without making a bigger deal out of it, than you have to. That's, that's what I think. Yeah, I, I would think that if it's there and it's available, you should be able to go up there and sit. Yeah. I, 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 honestly, because, uh, you know, being there and looking and seeing nobody sitting up there, my assumption was that it was a safety issue, that there was something wrong that they didn't want to have people sitting up there. To just close it down for no reason, I don't understand. Yeah, I think I should say, that, you know, that there is um, an individual, we all know who it is, uh, Gilly Safiolis, who positions himself in this area where they're taking the benches out right behind the podium, I don't know because I haven't talked to Gilly about this, but I imagine he, he carries placards and signs that are regularly insulting to the council president, which I think is wrong. I don't think he should do that. It's a personal feud. Um, if he wants to protest, he can protest. Um, he does have that First Amendment right. Uh, he, he does it outside of City Hall. He has protested the mayor. He has protested the council president. He has protested the housing authority um, uh, chief, he has a, a bunch of, of of different people he's protesting. I think most people think it's of of marginal interest. Although sometimes Gilly does bring up a good point. I think the, the benches point was a very legitimate point, and so I try to listen to him when he does that. Um, uh, so whether that whether his positioning himself in view of the cable cable TV cameras is why is connected to the benches taking out. I, I'm just putting that on the table. Nobody has told me that. What, what people have told me is that it's the TV monitor that is the problem. But you can't, I can't help noticing that when someone is speaking at that podium, Gilly is there with these, with these signs, and it's distracting. And, and Gilly is not above um, verbally getting into it with the, the, the council president especially. And so I, I think that's uh, not edifying, not, not uh, in keeping with the decorum of the council chambers. And so it should be addressed when that happens, but um, I think it's, uh, you know, I, I, I just think the people's benches should stay there as much as possible. It, it sounds to me like we're going through a lot of stuff unnecessarily because one person can't, can't control themselves. One person can't follow the rules of how you should behave in those chambers. 
Yes, now, there was an issue for a long time of, of him clapping, um, uh, which you are allowed to clap, and they tried to make a rule that you can't clap uh, uh, in the council chambers, which didn't work because people spontaneously clap on all occasions, and you can't discriminate against one person for clapping when you haven't. So Gilly is very loyally, he knows the rules, and, and he uses them. He does have First Amendment rights. I, I think you know a lot of people have had enough of him, and I understand that. But on the other hand... Uh, People do have First Amendment rights, and, and he, you know, people may find it annoying or, or whatever, but there's all kinds of protests in this country, small and large, that people find annoying. It's one of the great things, and it's one of the annoying things about well, the country. I mean, people say, well, you have a First Amendment right to say whatever you want, but you can't stand up and yell fire in a movie theater. And well, by that same he token... He hasn't done that as far as I know. By that same token, you also can't stand up at the front of the movie theater and just decide to start giving a dissertation on something either. It's not the appropriate place to exercise that freedom yeah, of speech. I don't think he generally does that. I no, think but he shouts I, out comments. He, he shouts out comments, and sometimes when he is disciplined, then he gets into a verbal interaction, which, again, I don't think... I mean. It's, it's like in school, if you're talking back to the teacher, the teacher is in control. You're not going to win that argument. I think it's juvenile. But, but, but you know, I do want to be careful because I do think he has First Amendment rights. And carrying a protest sign, into, I mean, certainly the LGBTQ people did that recently. And I don't want to impinge on right. And it was interesting the night they were there, many of the counselors ignored them, which I thought was unfortunate. Uh, so I, I think I don't want to impinge on people's rights to, to carry those protest signs. So it's a, it's a tricky situation. And I understand the frustration with Gilly, but I also think he does have First Amendment rights. One other thing about the council is, uh, we talked about a little bit this morning, is that uh, Catherine, who has called in multiple times during this segment, she has started a petition to try and get term limits for the city councilors put on the ballot uh, so that this November, and it would be a binding question, so that um, if if it does get on the ballot, which it needs over 3,000 signatures by September 1st, I think that's doable. Uh, if they get it on the ballot and it is passed, then it becomes binding and the city councilors will be limited to four consecutive two-year terms. Then they would have to take a term off, a two-year term off, and then they could run again. So um, it seems like it's, it's, it's a way to set it up that they could still have longevity and be able to get things done and still have an opportunity for some other people to come in. I don't really love the idea of term limits. What do you think about this plan? Yeah, so um, I, I, I don't mind term limits. I, you know, I, 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 we have term limits for the president of the United States. We have term limits for some governor's offices. So I don't, I don't see why we couldn't have term limits for uh, state reps, uh, city councilors. God knows we have a problem with people voting for incumbents because of high name recognition. That, that's the truth. Every political observer that I know will say that people get reelected, not because people think they're the best people, because they have their people who turn out and vote and because they, they um, uh, have high name recognition. So I, I like term limits. Um, I, I was not completely comfortable with you set out a term and then you come back. I think if you have term limits, you have term limits. You know, maybe she sets it a little higher if she wants to, 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 to allow people to come back. But um, I, So I didn't like that too much. Um, I do think that Catherine called when I was filling in, and um, it seems like she's going about this in a professional way. Mm -hmm. They've got an attorney. Uh, they've discussed with him what the best ways to do it, which is why I guess they're allowing them to come back. They're going to places like Shaw's to collect the signatures. I don't know how they did last week, but but um, 
So it will be interesting to see. 3,000 signatures, I think, is it requires a lot of effort to get there. I did have one person who called who asked how he could get papers with the signatures so he could um, uh, bring them to Catherine. So whether they can do it or not, we'll see. Uh, um, it will be interesting. I do think if they do do it, Catherine says if they do do it, they don't need the council's permission. It just goes on the ballot. I don't know that that's accurate, but I have no reason to believe it's not accurate. I, I'd like to know more uh, about what, what that is because I can see the council trying not to put it on the ballot, right. even if they get the, the signatures. Well, I had... Um I had asked the question, and it took her a little, little bit to get back to me about it, but she put it in the Facebook group uh, that they created for this. I had asked about, well, is it just for the city council? Because, of course, she mentioned the city council, but I know that's because she has displeasure with the city council and the way that they have conducted themselves. So is this something that would apply to all elected offices? And she said that the advice that they were given from the lawyer was no, that if you want to have term limits for the mayor, that would have to be a separate question. Uh-huh. And I, I found that to be very interesting because we, when we were talking about, you know, putting in a recall provision, which is something that is being worked on, for a recall provision to be put in, that would be for all elected officials. So if that's going to be put in there that way, why wouldn't this question be put in there that way? But I also can see the other side of it of, you know, you would want a separate question when it comes to yeah, the mayor. Yeah, I mean, it's a different office. Like when we, when we um, term limited the president, which happened after Franklin Roosevelt served three terms, they did not term limit Congress at the same time because it's a different type of office. So, I, you know, I, I think it's um, – and, and also the, the, there's a good argument for a mayoral term, term limit. Um, some of the people who support the councilors, um, I think, tried to call me out and said, well, Oh, Jack, would you support uh, term limits for the council and I for the mayor? And I would absolutely would. I think John Mitchell has been a good mayor generally, but I think twelve years is is a long enough time. Um, so what that term limit would be, you have to decide. But but um, uh, you know, uh, I do support term limits for the mayor also and the school committee, where I think Jack Nebrego was on too long. I'm surprised that. Um you know, we haven't already heard about somebody coming forward saying, well, if they're going to do this for the city council, I'm going to start this process for the mayor. I mean, maybe they're just getting started with the process and we'll find out about it later. But I was got to think somebody's going to want to add that into this yeah. process. Whatever you want to say about it, this this effort on the council is a grassroots effort. Catherine is just a, an ordin, uh, a damn woman. She has a, a partner now, Paul something or other. Uh, th- this is a, an average citizen who became concerned about what she thought was unacceptable uh, uh, performance by the council and long-term council led by what she considers long-term councilors, and she did this has done this on her own. So this is a grassroots effort. Um, I, I think that there are certainly forces in the city that do not like Mayor Mitchell. You know, uh, you usually see those forces trying to organize around the four-year term. You know, but they did that once and they lost. Um, well, actually, the other side did it and, and they won. So we have the four-year term. But uh, with term limits, I think um, when the mayor was able to successfully push back the um, Brian Gomes proposal to uh, uh, reverse the four-year term, I think Scott Lima, one of the key votes, said that in discussions with the mayor, the mayor said that he would be willing to work with them on a recall Mm -hmm. um, provision, which you have to be very careful of because we know that in recall, we had it when Jaisal Career was indicted and he won. The, the, the recall, not because he got a majority of the votes, but because he got a plurality more than a multi-candidate field. So if we're going to have recall, I think it has to be very carefully worded as to um, what the incumbent can do, you know, if they get more votes, but not a majority of the votes. 
I mean, let's face it, that's how Donald Trump became president. He never received a majority of the votes in this country. Well, now we're going to get phone calls. <laughs> let's, uh, let's take a phone Couldn't call resist. here before we have to go to a break. Good morning. You're on with Jack Spillane. Hello. Good morning. Gilly Hello, Gilly. Gilly. How you doing? Good. Let me correct something there. Last week, they had police officers there. They were called, they called the police officers twice on me. And twice, nothing happened. At one time, when they tried to... Are you sure nothing happened? Because it sounds like you're calling from jail, Gilly. No, no. Okay. (laughs) You got an echo on your phone, that's all. Well, I'm calling from Fall River, where they send me. Okay. Anyway, let me me just say something. It's not going to... When they called the police, they didn't throw me out. They didn't want me to. Th- they wanted me to move three feet away from the podium so they w- I wouldn't be on TV. They would let me stay on the wall. And then the cops came. They even called the sergeant. He got to the point where he kept going back and forth. I told the sergeant, if I've done something wrong, arrest me. So I told him, and everybody heard me, arrest me. He didn't arrest me. They, they called the cops for nothing. If I'd done something wrong in that chambers, they should have arrested me. So how are they going to talk? About and, and Jack, when you said about somebody said, this is my house, that was President Linda Moran who did it, okay, in the conversations. And the other city councilors, if I have to name names, I will name names. They even heard her say that. And I responded with, I thought this was Brian Gomes's house. So, Kelly, let me, let me ask you a question. Um, for, for many years, you have protested on a variety of different issues, uh, a variety of different peoples. Every, every, as I said before, everyone from the housing authority director to the, the mayor to Council President Morad. Um, let me finish. Uh, ask the question, Gilly. Um, so I think in some of the issues you pointed out, you have pointed out legitimate issues that have needed to be addressed and people have been happy. But you've done it so often and some of the issues people have disagreed as to whether they needed to be addressed. Do, do you feel it's effective when you do it so often? No, but somebody's got to do it. There's a saying out there that says... All evil needs to thrive is for good men and women to remain silent. I'm not going to remain silent when I see it. And it has to do a lot with the city of New Bedford, the politics. Okay. okay they come up for each other. Okay. Do, 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 my main concern is the cops came. If I'm such a bad person, I'm doing something wrong in that chambers. When you tell a sergeant, I don't want to talk to you no more. Arrest me. That's all you got to do. Arrest me. Why aren't they arresting me if I'm wrong? Well, I, th- I think you do have certain First Amendment rights, and I think that was alluding to that in the previous discussion. But I think all of us uh, need to be judicious about how we exercise those First well, Amendment rights. Yeah, and yeah. I got a right, excuse my words, but I got a right to be an idiot. I'm not an elected official. We have elected officials that stand there and they keep giving us lies. Okay? Lies. And that's not the way for them to act. Everybody forgets that I worked for Linda Morad for nine and a half years when she was the Ward 1 city councilor. Okay? So there's no way that I've done anything wrong except hold their feet to the fire. And okay, okay. But, but, but Gilly, can you understand how some people feel like this has gotten to be a personal feud and that that's not really in the interest of the the uh, citizens at large, uh, uh, what is 
a personal I feud. That, Jack. I understand that, Jack. Does Linda Moray realize that too? And she's an elected official to stand up there and be a tyrant. She actually stopped me from clapping. But the other day when they were talking, when they had all the unions there and everything about the the uh, medicals and everything, they started clapping. She did say, "There's no clapping in the in the chambers." After they were done, she took a recess and said to them, people that want to clap, clap. Is she going to give me the same opportunity she gave them? If I want to clap for a city council that spoke out? I mean, isn't that a tyrant? You can do this and you can't do that. But she's got more on her shoulders to be a lady when she's running the meeting. You seen what she was calling me, and hey, it's on tape. When she didn't think that the thing was being taped. I got tape things. They don't. They got hearsay. And she did say, this is my house. All right. I got to hold you there, Gilly, just because I got to take a break before the news. The only thing I want to say is I have done nothing wrong. I asked to be arrested twice, and they didn't arrest me. So who's wrong here? All right. We'll hold you there. Thank you so much for the call. I do, okay. have to, do have to go to a break. And when we come back on the other side, Adam Bass will have your news. Up. All right. Now it's time to go into the newsroom with Adam Bass. Russian mercenary leader Yevgeny Prigozhin apparently still faces charges for leading an armed insurrection over the weekend. Prigozhin led his men, the Wagner Group, into Russia, but stopped short of reaching Moscow. He reportedly struck a deal to have the charges dropped and go into exile in Belarus. But state media is saying today that the charges are still in place, citing a source in the prosecutor general's office. At least one person is dead after severe storms hit parts of Indiana on Sunday. Bargersville Fire Chief Eric Funkhauser provided an update after the twisters hit. As our crews are doing their secondary searches right now, the one thing that we wanted to do was just make sure we're talking to everybody in the neighborhoods. Multiple suspected tornadoes rolled through the state after warnings went into effect for a number of counties. High winds tore through structures while tennis ball-sized hail pelted areas south of Indianapolis. Videos circulating online show a twister touching down and damaging homes near the city of Greenwood. Rescuers are still searching for victims. President Biden is set to announce more than $40 billion in funding to expand high-speed Internet access nationwide. The federal push will help an estimated 8.5 million families and businesses with modern-day connectivity. The administration plans to give the money out to states over the next two years. The goal is to deliver reliable broadband to the country by 2030. A man is behind bars on suspicion of attacking two pizza people at a pizza parlor in Thousand Oaks. Daniel Martindale has details. Police say the 61-year-old man was armed with a knife when he chased an employee at the pizza parlor on Sunday afternoon. He then threw a flammable liquid on him. A bystander saw what was happening and rushed over from a nearby business to help the employee. He, too, was then attacked with a flammable liquid, but the Good Samaritan was able to defend himself and held the suspect down until police arrived. The suspect is now facing attempted murder and assault charges. I'm Daniel Martindale. The Republican chair of the House Intelligence Committee wants data related to a COVID-19 probe to be declassified. Ohio Congressman Mike Turner said on CBS's Face Nation that Friday's report from the Office of the Director of National Intelligence was not sufficient. Turner said the report summarized the fundings instead of providing specific details. The probe investigated a possible link between China's Wuhan Institute of Virology and the origin of the COVID-19 virus. 
A tragic death in Virginia last week has been followed by the birth of the victim's child. Richard Stelling explains. More details are being released about the truck driver who died after driving off the Chesapeake Bay Bridge Tunnel last week. Melissa Vode, the girlfriend of Christopher Scott, who died in the accident, was pregnant. The couple's first child together was born Friday afternoon, about 24 hours after Scott was killed in the crash. In a post on social media, Vode noted she is still in shock and that their son will know his dad and how big of a heart he had. I'm Richard Stelling. And Elton John is wrapping things up, playing the last United Kingdom show of his farewell tour on Sunday. The 76th British legend treated to the Glastonbury audience to a mammoth set list spanning over five decades. Elton's victory lap is now officially the highest grossing tour of all time, with box office receipts of over $80 million, $800 million. He'll play his last show in Stockholm on July 8th. In sports, the Red Sox play the Miami Marlins tomorrow at 7.10 p.m. On, at Fenway Park. This comes off the heels of a Red Sox loss to the Chicago White Sox 4-1 yesterday. And now here's your ABC6 local weather forecast. We are in a marginal risk category from the Storm Prediction Center, and that just means just be weather aware for today and tomorrow. There is that threat of seeing some isolated thunderstorms. So for today, will be mostly cloudy. Those chance of scattered thunderstorms around the area, high of 75. Tonight, scattered thunderstorms, about 68 degrees for our low. Tomorrow, keep that storm threat with us, so make sure you stay weather aware, high of 72. From the ABC6 Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Skylar Spindler on New Bedford's News Talk Station, 1420 WBSM. It is currently 69 degrees right now in New Bedford. I'm Adam Bass, WBSM News. Stay up to date with New Bedford's News Talk Station, WBSM, and get breaking news alerts and podcasts with the WBSM app. Get breaking news alerts, stream audio, Send us text messages and get live traffic and weather updates all on the WBSM app. Download it now from your app store or at WBSM.com. And welcome back. We are turning on the light with Jack Spillane of New Bedford Light. We have a call on the line here. Good morning. You are on with Jack. Hello. Morning, Tim and Jack. How How's it doing? going, John? Morning. Good, good, good. So, um, Jack, we had a good discussion on Friday. I, I, I enjoyed that. Um, John from hey, Fairhaven. John from Fairhaven. Yeah, so... Tim, just to recap, what I told Jack on Friday, you know, I, I heard the passion in his voice when he was talking to me about it, and he is right. It, it is the people's house. Um, and, and, and what I discussed with Jack real quick was, um, you know, you don't have a lot of 25, 30-year-olds going to these city council meetings. Mm-hmm. And, they're, and, and they're, they're not, you, you have a lot of elderly people, you know, like Jack was saying, you know, lifelong taxpayers, you know, and people that deserve to be there to, to hear the, 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 the people's business and city council's business and the meetings and stuff. And these people aren't, you know, some people aren't able to stand for 45 minutes to an hour straight. So why are they taking benches out in spite of one individual that they have, in it, that they have a problem with? It's, it's not... Uh, it's not it's not right, in my opinion, you know, to, to take out you know, benches for one individual that's quote unquote call it causing Linda Moore out a headache. Yeah, you know? in, in, in fairness, John, that, uh, my understanding is that the reason that they are saying that they're taking out the uh, benches is the is the um, TV monitor that's coming TV, in there. Yeah, that, that that's like anything else, Jack. They can make a they can make an excuse an excuse for it. You know what I mean? That you know, oh yeah, we're going to do this because of this. You know, it's not everybody knows it. It's everybody knows it's not because of the TV. You know, and it's, and, you know, um, 
I, I made a, I, I think I made a pretty, pretty valid point. If they're going to take the benches out, then they need to take the seats away from their desk and make them stand the whole entire time. You know, because last time I checked, you know, they work for the people of the city of New Bedford. They don't work for Linda Morad and, and Brian Gomes. They're not working for themselves. They're working for the people of the city of New Bedford. And, uh, and, and Go ahead, go ahead. And your point is is right that it's largely elderly people that are, uh, are middle aged or older people who are coming to these meetings. It's not young people. You know, it, I, you're going to have you know, okay. So, hey, there are people that are in their mid fifties or whatever you know that are going to these uh, meetings, and say you have a, you know, a local construction worker. Guy's been on his feet for eight hours, eight to ten hours a day. Think he's going to want to go to a city council meeting and stand for another for another hour, hour and a half? I, w- I know I wouldn't. Well, what happens all when all the department heads want to show up and all the union people want to show up for some vote that they're having and they don't have enough uh, benches yeah. in there, you know? Yeah, right, right. I, I think I think the, the council uh, president also may have issues with the arrival of social media. I, I've also had reports that um, Carlos Felix has been told where he can stand to take photos. I know I stood there one night in an unusual place near the council ante room because I wanted to get in the angle angle that I wanted of the LGBTQ protesters with the, who were in back of the council. And as far as I know, the media has always been able to position themselves for photos, you know, for a few seconds. You're not there forever uh, uh, to do that. Uh, uh, Carlos told me he was not allowed to do that. Um, I think in an era of social media and citizen journalists, you're going to have more of that, not less of that. Um, uh, so... You know, I, I think the council has to adapt to that, that we are in the era of social media. For a while, I was told that the media bench, was was uh, the media table, was taken out of the council, and then uh, it was brought back by, by Councilor Abreu. So there, there are issues about, you know, again, proper decorum and proper behavior has to be maintained, and, and I, I hope I have always done that when you're in the council chambers. You know, you can't be disrespectful. It's a, a government proceeding going going on but there are certain things that that people need to be able to move around a little bit to position themselves to um to sit down that 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 i think the council needs to be to be understanding of let me let me let me let me make one more point real quick before i go because i'm coming into a bad area with reception um uh the police detail i know gilly's pretty wound up about that and there's a lot of people that are wound up about that you know and it's like uh like I said on Friday, Jack, I think I made a pretty good point on that, too. It's like if you want to have a police detail there, if you want to hire a city cop to be there for four hours, okay, then that, then the meeting needs to be dragged out for four hours. It shouldn't be, uh, you know, hey, 45 minutes, we're done, pay the cop, you know, for four hours, and, and that's it. It should, be, it should be the length of, or just don't have a police detail there at all and just make sure you have them on speed dial. Last time I checked. Speed dials nine one one for the. Well, isn't that yeah. a, isn't that a state law that if you have somebody work, you have to pay them at least four hours? Yeah, yeah. And, that and, it has to be a four and, hour meeting. Then. So, so I'll disagree with you just a bit on that, John, because I think it's not the council's fault entirely that the st- the state law is that you have to have them there for four hours. That is the lobby. They're, they're paying the cable access people for four well, hours, even if it's a forty five minute. Meeting. Yeah, that actually is the lobbying of the of the of the police union and, and other unions right. um, uh, to get that kind of a four hour increment. And and I do think there are occasionally some public safety issues that the council does need a police officer there. So I don't I don't begrudge them that it's not their fault that they had to pay four hours and they they shouldn't have to meet for four hours just because they bring them there. But I also think that. 
they should be judicious about what's a threat and what's not a threat. And, That's, and yeah, exactly and, my point. Yep. All right. Well, thank you for the call. All right. Thanks, guys. You, you have a good day. Yeah. Uh, we do have to take our next break. We have room for you at 508-996-0500. We'll be back with more with Jack Spillane in just a few minutes. Welcome back in. We are turning on the light with Jack Spillane of New Bedford Light. Let's go back to the phones. 508-996-0500. Good morning. You were on with Jack. Hi, good morning, gentlemen. Good morning, Catherine. Catherine. Oh, uh, I'm getting up earlier and earlier because of the hours <laughs> that your, Tim is keeping here um, and that you're on, Jack. Um, I just wanted to announce that uh, today uh, the petition sign, <laughs> see the problem, the petition signing table uh, for the uh, term limits for City Council for New Bedford will be at uh, <clears throat> uh, Brooklyn Park uh, at the Farmer's Market today, 2 to 6. So at Brooklawn, 2 to 6 today. How many signatures have you been able to collect so far? About 200. Oh, that's a good start. Uh, and, I, you know, honestly, we would have had at least 100 more if people uh, had lived in New Bedford. We're living in New Bedford. We're at Shaw's. And... Um, you know, about 170 signed there because we got a cup. You know, we got more at the farmers market uh, last Thursday in Butwood Park. Uh, um, a number of people came by and said, I, "If I lived, you know, I live in Dartmouth, so I can't sign. I would if I could." I mean, there were a few people who didn't want to sign, and you know, uh, that's the prerogative. Uh, but again, this is just to get the question on the ballot. People can vote for or against once it's on the ballot. So uh, there's def there's surely uh, a strong interest in having this. Well, you're doing it at the right time of year. You know, you have all these festivals and and yeah. things that happen yeah. in the downtown. Fireworks, uh, uh, sh sh supermarkets are obviously a good place to to go for the signatures. Um, you know, uh, not just Shaw's, but uh, uh, oh no, we'll uh, we'll go to the others. <laughs> I think Market Basket is probably the busiest supermarket in the city at, at this point. Yes. Um, if I may, I'll just give the name and phone number of the person to call if anyone would like to volunteer in any way, shape, or form. Is that okay? Sure. Okay. The name is Paul. The phone number to call if you have any interest or in uh, helping, 508-496-0000. Uh, and we also have a Facebook page. Uh, it's Y-E-S, capital Y, capital E, capital S. And then the words term limits, not capitalized. And then New Bedford, uh, initial cap only, New Bedford. And uh, e, capital N, small E, W, capital B, and the rest small letters. Um, and, oh, people have been picking up... Uh, um, the uh, petition too uh, to get uh, signers. Uh, there were quite, there were a number of people uh, who uh, wanted to uh, you know get the petition uh, co blank copies and uh, get get uh, signatures and uh, that's great. Uh, you have to show the person the ballot question and you know we gave them the ballot question as well of course. And then uh, all they need to do is call Paul when they're finished with it and we'll pick it up. So, I mean, it couldn't be easier for people to get involved. And, and I think, you know, um, one thing I wanted to mention to you, Catherine, is, yep. uh, and again, I, 
I, I guess I can give advice, right? Even though I'm a talk show host, I'm not. Uh, I wrote the story, but I'm a talk show host, so I guess I can give some advice. I saw uh, your story. Thank you. Thank, well, thank you. Um, but I would also say, instead of having just a group two uh, Facebook group, you might want to create a Facebook page just to have some of the information on there, so that people can see it before they decide to join the group or not. So okay. an old guy like me wants to know what the difference is between a group and a page. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, right. A, a group requires people to be approved, to join in, and to interact with it and everything. A page was like, so a page is like we have the WBSM page. So that allows people to be able to go in and read the information, the stories that we have, to comment underneath them. And then I think you'd be able to get a little bit more access. Sometimes people see, oh, I have to join a group. I'm already part of too many groups. I don't want to oh, get I all see. the group notifications. So then they won't join the group, but they'll follow a page. Okay, if I can get that done, I, I will be there. All right. I, I am putting it on events, too, uh, the day ahead mm -hmm. of where we're going to be. Um, so, but uh, I, I appreciate the advice, uh, Tim, and we'll see if we can get that done. All right. Well, you have a good day, and thank you for the call. Thanks. Thanks a lot. Bye. Take it easy. Yeah, I know, Jack. It's, it's, it's a little confusing like the differences between them, but um, pages are something that, you know, so people who are against the effort, won't join the group. People who are against the effort will follow the Facebook page to see yep. what's going on. Yep. And so then that way there, you know, everybody kind of has, um, yep. it kind of all shakes out. I, I actually do know what I, uh, that, that there are groups and there are pages. I just never knew the exact distinction. Uh, between to me, and, and to me, um, I think a page is, is, is a good thing to have when it's going to be something that is, so this is, this is an effort that hopefully you know, from the organizer's perspective, they do it, they collect the signatures, it's on the ballot in November, it passes, and then they don't have any further use for the page, and then you can just deactivate the page, uh -huh. as opposed to when you have a group, and then you go in and you deactivate the group, it's a, it's a little bit easier to do it that way. There's all kinds of um, uh, rules and customs. I, I, I remember I was surprised when I heard that when someone uh, passes away, that it's not the easiest thing to take down a Facebook page. Um, no. You, you have to have permission, uh, whether you're a family member or a loved one or whatever. And then you have to request a legacy page, which allows it to still stay active, but can't post. Or only certain people can. It's very confusing. We had an issue where a friend of mine passed away, and then somebody posted from her page a few months later. And we have no idea who did it. Wow. To this day, we still can't figure out who did it. Um, we do have to take a break, though. Uh, so I know I have a caller on hold. Please stay on hold. And if we have some time when we get back from the break, we will take your call. But right now, we have to take our final break of the hour. And welcome back. Final few moments with Jack Spillane. Let's squeeze in this call. You're next on WBSM. Hi, gentlemen. Shonin calling. Hello. Hi, Hi Shonin. Um, just a couple of things. Um, I did sign that at Shaw's, the, the, the paper for the term limits. And um, can you tell me when the 4th of July events are coming up? Uh, we have something on the website. Give me one second, and I can tell you exactly. Well, I mean, they're coming up on the Fourth of July. There's, I can tell you that much off the top of my head. I know, but the uh, hold on one second. Let me get to it. Um, so it's going to be happening at nine p.m. Will be the fireworks off of the state pier again, right where it always is. Uh, yep. So you want to be down, you know, you down along Lower Union Street will be the best place to. Well, I mean, you can see them anywhere, but that's where they'll be setting them off from. And, Tim, um, I don't know why they're going to switch um, companies because I think Harvey's doing a great job right now. I think some other folks might disagree with you based on some of the calls and app chat messages we got. Yeah, because I'm happy with them. 
Well, I, I know, too, I'm sure it has to do with, the, you know, whatever the price is, too. So uh, the service may be one thing, but it, it, all, it all comes down to what it's costing per, per resident. Anyway, I called in about the street, and it's on for next spring. Oh, there you go. Okay. All right. Well, thank you for the update. Thank you. Have a good day. You as well. Take care, Shani. And I haven't talked to her in a little while, so it's great to hear from her. Um, So in just the final, like, 30 seconds we have, what should we pay attention to New Bedford Light looking for? All right. So uh, the big event last Friday, of course, was the uh, dedication of Abolition Row Park. I have a column on that coming out tomorrow about what it took to build that park and why it was so important to the African-American community. And I'm still working on a magnum opus on health care costs in the city. All right, so when your uh, when your tome on that is done, we can <laughs> certainly talk more about that as well. And of course, you can check out all of Jack's work at newbedfordlight.org. That's What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try.